lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin are here with me as well. If you'd like to join us today, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Over on Gab, look for Steve Dace there. Same as on MeWe. Parlor is almost back up. My understanding is I can get it on the website. I can't get it on the app yet. So look for Steve Dace at all of those places too. And then if you are looking for clips of the show that you can sample yourself and then share with others, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. If you're looking for a good book to read, If you're in a place where winter is crushing you right now, or if you're just Joe Biden and you just like quiet nights by the fireplace in between games of Mario Kart, because ain't like you're the president or anything with anything going on or anything to do, right? Um, But if you're looking to curl up with a good book this time of year, I see you, Texas. You're dying right now, right? My new book, A Nefarious Carol, is out right now. Get your copy. Get autographed copies, if you'd like, at Premier Collectibles. The link to those are both pinned to the top of my Facebook and Twitter accounts. Uh, or just order your copy, the standard version, uh, the, uh, the e-book. The e- you can get uh, the audio version uh, performed by my oldest daughter and I. She turns 20 today, in fact. Happy birthday, Anna. Um, you can get all of that at Amazon.com. As Satan himself makes an offer to a desperate young woman to give her a chance to change the world. All right. So you're going to listen to him try to make the sale throughout the course of A Nefarious Carol. That's the sequel to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot. So get your copy today. Thanks to all of you uh, that have purchased copies and enjoyed it. I've heard from so many of you all over the country. Please consider leaving us a five-star review at Amazon if that's you and you've yet to do that thanks to all of you who already have all right coming up today we have a jam-packed show uh at the bottom of the hour we're just going to talk about liars a special guest that todd has lined up who has turned exposing liars that this is kind of his his jam right yeah this is kind of uh his 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 hobby in life and of course it is a target rich environment so what you're telling us is he probably has no family because there's just so many liars and so little time in this day and age. Uh, we're going to talk to Drew Holden. He joins us here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we're going to play Fake News or Not with an interview that aired on CBS News with Trump's impeachment attorney. We're going to play that interview, and then Todd and Aaron are going to respond. Is that fake news or not? That's next hour. And then Pop Culture Tuesday. We're going to go off the grid here a little bit. Is it possible? Is it possible that Zack Snyder is going to fix the DCEU? We'll discuss as the trailer for his Justice League movie is out. And I mean, I, I just, it has, I don't know what you all think. We're going to find out in the final hour of the show or the final segment of the show. I mean, it's got to me that there's infinity war level epicness in this trailer. 
And I think it's possible Warner Brothers made the absolute dumbest mistake in the history of modern cinema. All right, but we'll get to that coming up at uh, the the final segment, the bottom of next hour. In case you missed it yesterday, we had to come clean about something. And that's why I wanted to get Todd's second opinion because I have been unabashedly and excitedly uh, with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind uh, promoting Built Bar on this show for a few months now as the greatest protein bar ever. And then they've come out with two new, more, shall we say, decadent flavors. Is that a fair description, do you think? Decadent is okay? Yeah. All right. So two new, more decadent flavors, uh, chocolate chip cookie dough, and the one that the brand new one that you tried yesterday, correct? The coconut brownie chunk, right? And both of us, even me, who, admittedly, I I, I try to be cynical and negative, but the truth is, I'm I'm living proof that H. L. Mencken was right behind every cynic. There's a romantic just dying to get out. Okay, I am prone to. I, I get so tired of chronicling the downfall of Western civilization every day that I will admit you guys are right about me when there is even a mustard seed of legit hope of something. I do have a tendency to just glom onto that and, and turn that into a big giant redwood. Is that fair? I do that. Yeah, but understandably so. I, I, I just, I need some hope, man. I got to have some hope. Todd, on the other hand, is the merchant of death. He doesn't care. Todd 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 doesn't care. All right? He doesn't care. So that's why I had you try this new Bilt Bar flavor yesterday because I just thought when I ate it, when I tried it at home the other day, my wife looked at me and said, it cannot be that good. And then she tried it and she said, holy crap, that's good. All right? So I thought, let me take it to you because Mikey, he hates everything. Okay? You had the same reaction. You're like, there's no way this is 150 calories. So we need you to take the 150 calorie challenge from Bill Bar. Can something this good be only 150 calories? And I'm because listen, any candy bar is great. And if you just cut like one little piece off, that's 150 calories. No, I mean like the whole bar. Can something, if you eat it all, be this good and only 150 calories? Find out for yourself right now. Built Bar, over 20 flavors, all covered in real chocolate. The brand new one, coconut brownie chunk. I mean, it's just it's just insanely good. Try it for yourself right now. BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACE. Get 20% off either your first or next if you want to go back for seconds. First or next order, BuiltBar.com, promo code DACE. And with that... Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Predictive Modeling. The Weather Channel tweets on January 21st, quote, February is expected to be warmer than average across much of the U.S., and that trend may continue into early spring. Yeah, tell that to the people in Texas, where, as of this morning, places like Dallas were sitting at four degrees, waiting for a winter storm to barrel along and drop more snow. (laughs) To put that into perspective, McMurdo Station, Antarctica, was three degrees warmer than Dallas, Texas this morning. And yes, it's summer 
somewhere in the southern hemisphere, but it's also somewhere in some places on Neptune as well. And although it seems funny to see southerners trying to deal with extreme winter weather conditions, the situation down south is pretty serious. As of this morning, 4.1 million people in Texas were without power as the state's independent electrical grid, comprised of 25% wind energy, has been totally overwhelmed and under-equipped to deal with such a sudden stoppage of power as wind turbines freeze over and have become inoperable. Enter Bill Gates, who this past Sunday was given an unsurprisingly glowing profile on CBS's 60 Minutes to discuss his vision of a post-COVID world, specifically his new book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. Absolutely. The amount of change, uh, new ideas, it's way greater than the pandemic, and it needs a level of cooperation that would be unprecedented. Because cows account for around 4% of all greenhouse gases, Gates has invested in two companies making plant-based meat substitutes, Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat. Are you the right messenger on this? Because you fly private planes a lot and you're creating a lot of greenhouse gases yourself. Yeah, I probably have one of the highest greenhouse gas footprints of anyone on the planet. Bill Gates' advice on how to combat mistrust in science. At 60minutesovertime.com, sponsored by Pfizer. So yes, Bill Gates, funder of the infamous IHME COVID doomsday model, went on 60 Minutes just days before Texas's worst winter weather disaster in modern history to pimp his new book about global warming, which is based on predictive modeling for 100 years in the future, and he excuses his use of a private jet. Moving on, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is doubling and tripling down on his innocence as he faces questions about whether his COVID policies killed the thousands Thousands of elderly people in his state. All the deaths in the nursing homes and in the hospitals were always fully, publicly, and accurately reported. He also says this about the New York legislature's threat to rescind his emergency powers. You can't use a subpoena or the threat of an investigation to leverage a person. Uh, that's a crime. It's called abuse of process, it's called extortion. Uh, so, uh, question before was, is that the raw politics? No, it's not raw politics. That's criminal. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who said this about Governor Cuomo and New York last July. When you do it properly, you bring down those cases. We've done it. We've done it in New York. New York got hit worse than any place in the world, and they did it correctly. Has won the $1 million Dan David Foundation Award from Tel Aviv University for, quote, defending science and, quote, speaking truth to power. Meanwhile, in Florida, the outgoing emergency director of the state, a Biden supporter and Democrat named Jared Moskowitz, has a warning for Democrats peddling conspiracy theories about the state telling Politico, quote, Democrats should not be so naive to think that they don't accidentally participate in things like this. For instance, when they forward things around that falsely claim Florida has more deaths than New York when it comes to coronavirus, that is just not supported by the data. And in fact, for all the stuff about how Florida was not being transparent, it's not Florida that's in the national news. It's New York that's in the national news. And it was New York that had a cover up for the last 
six months and hid 50% of the nursing home deaths. We would never have gotten away with that for 15 days in Florida, let alone six months. In the wake of the CDC's new guidance on school reopenings, Politico runs this headline, GOP tries to weaponize pandemic-exhausted parents against Biden. In Melbourne, Australia, COVID-positive people are being transferred out of a Holiday Inn in the city with garbage bags over their heads. Now, what they're doing is they're taking the bags out first. Uh, then this resident left uh, with a garbage bag over their head. Only saw them fleetingly for a couple of seconds or so. They went onto the Sky Bus by themselves, and then that bus was driven away with the driver in full PPE. Destination: the Pullman Hotel, which will be uh, their new health hotel. And now a couple of upsetting stories from within Christian circles in recent days. One of the most popular and successful authors and speakers in Christendom over the last three plus decades, Max Lucado, is apologizing for a past sermon of his on homosexuality after critics slammed his recent speaking appearance at the National Cathedral. Quote, in 2004, I preached a sermon on the topic of same-sex marriage. I now see that in my sermon, I was disrespectful. It was hurtful. I wounded people in ways that were devastating. I should have done better. It grieves me that my words of hurt or been used to hurt the LGBTQ community. I apologize to you and I ask forgiveness of Christ. Lucado has sold more than 120 million books around the globe. And then there's this. The final report on alleged sexual misconduct from Ravi Zacharias International Ministries was released just days ago after a months-long investigation into allegations that the late Christian apologist had engaged in an inappropriate relationship with a Canadian woman and then further allegations from numerous other women as well. The International Board of Directors of RZIM released a lengthy statement saying, quote, We believe not only the women who made their allegations public, but also additional women who had not previously made public allegations against Ravi, but whose identities and stories were uncovered during the investigation. Tragically, witnesses described encounters including sexting, unwanted touching, spiritual abuse, and rape. We are devastated by what the investigation has shown and are filled with sorrow for the women who were hurt by this terrible abuse, end quote. The report itself, conducted by the law firm Miller & Martin, details Zacharias' involvement with day spas in Georgia, frequent attempts, some successful, at sexual assault on massage therapists, spiritual manipulation in order to gain sexual favors from massage therapists, using ministry funds to financially support massage therapists, solitary travel to Southeast Asian destinations such as Bangkok, where he claimed he was working on his new books, and numerous digital communication relationships with multiple women often involving the exchange of nude photographs. A damning report that mars the personal legacy of Ravi Zacharias. So today's montage, and really every day's montage, is how things are going, but here's how it ends. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads on the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Fundrise in 2021. A truly diversified portfolio needs more than the traditional mix of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. It needs private real estate. Studies have shown that portfolios with an allocation to private real estate generally delivered a better risk-adjusted return with more annual income and lower volatility over the past two decades. Thanks to its track record of consistent performance. 
through multiple years and market cycles. And with Fundrise, the level of powerful diversification, that level is now available to you. It's team of real estate professionals. They carefully vet and actively manage all of the real estate projects. And with their easy-to-use website, you can track your portfolio's performance and watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated via dynamic asset updates. All right, so whether you're looking to add stable cash flow via dividends or prefer long-term growth through appreciation, Fundrise makes investing in private real estate as easy as investing in stocks and bonds. See for yourself how 130,000 investors have built a better portfolio with private real estate via Fundrise. Takes just a few minutes to get started. Go to Fundrise, F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E, Fundrise.com slash Dace today. That's Fundrise.com slash Dace. Again, Fundrise.com slash Dace. In the overtime today, interesting poll out of Florida. Uh, brought to our attention by our uh, show friend, Chris Pandolfo, a colleague here at The Blaze. And so he's going to join us in the overtime in order to discuss it. That's coming your way later today. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, after we finish today's program, we will stick around and record that for you and then upload it to the website. So you can watch it on demand later at blazetv.com slash dace. That's D-E-A-C-E. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, though, and would like to become one, that's where you can go today to get a discounted subscription so you don't miss today's overtime and what it has to say about potentially 2024, Todd's favorite topic, at blazetv.com slash dace. Again, that's blazetv.com slash dace. So let's get to the montage. I, I want to start at the back because several of you have sent me notes asking, my thoughts on this Ravi Zacharias story. And um, old friend of mine, Dr. Michael Brown, has a phenomenal article up about this. And I've got it posted on, I think, all my social media accounts now. Uh, so I would I would urge you, whether it's Gab or Twitter, Facebook, MeWe, I can't, I can't say it any better than he has. So I, I would just urge you to go read that piece for yourself. Um, just... Uh, just a, a a tragic story. Max Lucado is an, an all too typical story. I, I I guess you know we're gonna apologize for the gospel now. That that's that's the new thing, right? We're apologizing for preaching the gospel now. We're apologizing for orthodoxy now. Yeah. So it's hurtful. Yeah. Okay. Um, Bill Gates. Truly, Sir Thomas More has nothing on Bill Gates. This is truly a man for all seasons. I mean, computer programmer, entrepreneur. We found out last year. Uh, medical doctor, virologist, epidemiologist. Now, dude, he sucked ball sweat at all of those. Okay. Um, but now we're going to add climatologist. Truly, gentlemen, how can one man be so adept at so many difficult and intellectual pursuits? I mean, what a, what a, what a, what a true giant of this age. Your thoughts. 
Well, it seems, and this is just, I, I don't know, this is just an, a general observation. There's no necessarily si- um, science behind it. Um, it seems, though, that when you get to a point, uh, the names Michael Bloomberg come to mind. It seems that when you get to the point where you can afford multiple private jets, that somehow increases your abilities. You just become this renaissance man um, that's able to speak with glowing authority on on, on numerous issues. I, I don't know if you have, have recognized this as well, but uh, that's the only that's the only uh, hypothesis that I that I can come up with. Well, there's a multitude of factors there. Uh, having a, even though he did, with a wink and a nod, ask him about his own uh, proclivity for carbon footprints from flying jets, you have a press that likes to slurp him. And probably even more importantly in this case, you have a horde of people who keep him filthy rich unquestioningly so by buying every single update of his product Mm -hmm. uh and worship it on a level that people who threw children into volcanoes could only hope for so Mm. there's that i have you there's a this ties so much in to what all of us have been subjected to with with COVID-19 and mitigation efforts and medications. <clears throat> for, for example, over the weekend, there was an exhaustive study published, uh, an academic study that reiterated something we've, we've, we have known for hundreds of years, folks. Hundreds of years we've known this. That... Vitamins, vitamin D, um, as a supplement to exposure to, to the sun, especially during these kinds of months, is, is a very effective prophylactic mitigation against COVID-19. Do you know why it's a very effective prophylactic and mitigation to COVID-19 because it's a very effective prophylactic and mitigation to pretty much any respiratory virus. That's it. That's, that's, that's it. That's something we've known forever. Actually, we, we knew that. Yeah, I mean, people who um, people who put their mail on the back of a horse for the Pony Express knew that they they knew that actually they knew that part. Um, people who didn't yet know what the mail was they they knew that too. Yeah, they knew it. They knew that stuff. So, science has really come a long way yeah. in the past yeah. past year or so. But but it fits a pattern, and that pattern is anything that did not empower the state 
or cutting edge pharmaceuticals. Anything that didn't empower those things was either dismissed as dangerous or memory hold. I mean, I have been militant, militant since last March. My family will tell you, man, I am, I am, I'm a vitamin D fascist. Okay. I mean, I, I, when, after I did all my initial research on this virus, I'm, I am on everybody in our home taking vitamin D. And that was almost a year ago now. And do you know where I, I found this information? Did, did, I, did I conduct these studies myself? And other than the ones in your home, no, you did not. Yeah. Which meant I would have found them from a lot of the very same places and information sources that we, we can't trust now, right? Right. That have been corrupted now. I mean, Facebook just banned that group that did, what was it called, the Barrington Declaration? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're from places like Oxford and Stanford. What the hell do they, they know more than those people do? See, what's, what's happened in this last year is, I, and I don't know if COVID caused it, if if COVID was the was the was was the was the Rahm Emanuel um, incentivization incentivization I should say to to go where they always wanted to go, or we it, it was just there for a long time. But since COVID has touched every single one of our household now in some way, shape, or form, either with an exposure or with um, a threat to our way of life, that it's now more out in the open. But. What, what you're seeing is that unless you belong to a certain elite club of elites, like scientists at Stanford and Oxford are elites. They're elites. Stanford is a top five medical school in the United States. Oxford's the number one rated university on this planet. And if you're like Todd and don't believe it's possible for there to be life on other planets, Oxford is the number one rated university in the entire cosmos then, according to Todd. Fair? Sure. Okay. That's pretty elite. Would that be elite? Yeah. Yeah. Raise your hand if you work for the, the Steve Day show and you could have gotten admitted to Oxford or Stanford. Thank you. So those are elite places, right? It, but it's not, it's not even, it would be bad enough if we had a society that was essentially warring groups of technocrats all clamoring that their, their better way was the best way. I mean, that, that would be plutocratic enough. That would be bad enough, but at least in that scenario, you could play the various factions off against each other, right? Sure. And somewhere in there would be some form of a market force with that competition. We'd get to some recognized common truth, common knowledge, because there'd be a competitive incentive there. We don't even have that. What's happened, and I don't know if COVID made it happen, 
or it had already occurred and COVID just exposed it to all of us. But essentially, you have to belong to, for lack of a better description, a cabal of elite, the right click or cabal of elites. It's not even being an elite's not good enough. Being an elite's not good enough. I can't remember what was the name of the French scientist who until March 15th of last year. Didier Riolt. Yeah, thank you. Um, was considered the number one immunologist or whatever in the world, right? And everybody applauded his February research on hydroxychloroquine as an effective prophylactic against COVID-19. Until the president of the United States that day at the time, Donald Trump, cited his research. And now suddenly... I mean, we 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 uh, uh, might as well scarlet letter him. He's like disappeared. So it's not even that we've just surrendered our way of life to these people because we just presume they're just smarter. There are betters. At least in that situation, there would be tribalism amongst them. Some form of competition amongst them that we could then down here in the cheap seats play off of. It's it's not even that. I mean, I hate to sound like it's the Illuminati here. Or what was the group that Jones used to be obsessed with and go visit? The Bilderberg group? Oh, the Bilderberg. Yeah, and he yeah. used to go on, go visit their meetings. Yeah. And I used to always think to myself, can it really be that secret of a cabal if you're just showing up <laughs> at their meetings? But um, it's essentially the spirit of the age brought all the elites out into the playground. And the spirit of the age, that's the devil, chose the... Um, chose the players it wanted and if you weren't chosen it doesn't matter how many degrees you have it doesn't matter how many citations you have how many published works you have it doesn't matter you're not in and so what what you offer is 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 not to be shared that's to me that's the worst case scenario that it that it's it's not even that we're surrendered to elites it's that it's only elites of one particular bent. That sets the stage for some real tyranny. So our guest today, Todd, who books the show, came to me and said, we got to get this guy on. I said, why? And he said, this guy just crushes people with their own lies. Sold. Let's do it. And he joins us now. Drew Holden is here with us uh, on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. It's good to meet you, Drew. Good to have you with us. Thanks for being on the program, brother. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you having me. Give us a little bit about your background. What, What led you to this perilous pursuit of just exposing people with their own lies, Drew? Yeah, you know, Steve, it's it's actually a relatively recent sort of thing. I think I, it was maybe about a year ago when uh, when Suleimani was killed, and I looked at the coverage and I was like, man, why does this seem so uniquely bad? Right, even even for the way the media has covered things, why is this one so particularly bad? Like Martha Raddatz live from Tehran and the state hey, funeral exposing, exactly, right? uh, you know, her uh, her her benevolence towards such a, the death of such a gracious yes. leader. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So we've got we've got live coverage. Right, it's rolling through. It's following 
doing it as if it's a, a presidential motorcade or something. And I saw it and I was like, why does this, why does this, this seem so terrible? And so I went back and I, I found the way they talked about Don Imus's passing and I put them side by side and I was like, oh, this can't be real. I saw it one time for like the Washington Post. And I was like, this can't be real. This has to be a one-off phenomena. And then I went through and it was CNN and all these other outlets. And I was like, God, if they're this bad now, what have I not been paying attention to? And ever since uh, I've been putting things side by side as a really easy way to highlight the way that the media is comfortable talking about some things versus how they want to talk about other things. And it's um, unfortunately a lot more damning than I think I anticipated it would be. The thing that I, I, the stuff that you do, and there's another point to it that I don't know that we want to admit about that. It's that makes it even worse true than we think it is because these these left media outlets and their reporters and their personalities, yeah, they are following and aware of what guys like me and you are saying. Right. I mean, go say something that crosses the line just to test your theory, and suddenly a whole bunch of people that that work at these outlets that you had no idea mm-hmm. who knew who you were and would yep. never ever call you for anything legitimate. Okay. Yep. Suddenly, like, I, like the thing that drove me the the most nuts about the Trump uh, presidency was mm. uh, the coziness with the butcher of uh, Pyongyang, and yes. I would just lose my mind on the show about it for four years. Yep. What was funny though is the one time in the four years that Trump was president that CNN called to invite <laughs> me on its programs. Yeah, was not, you know, hey, I thought the tax cut was cool. Uh, You know, I I prefer this immigration policy. The one time they came to me, Drew, in four years was when I was just crushing him for cozying up to North Korea. Right. And so, of course, that's a reminder. It's not like they're not aware that we're pointing out. Oh, these 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 blind spots or total double standards. It's not yeah. that they're lazy, Bob, to quote one of my all time favorite films. It's that they yeah. just don't care. I think exactly. that's what makes what you are chronicling even worse, Drew. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. You know, the other day I had a, I took a swing at Chris Saliza of, of CNN and within 30 <laughs> minutes he responded and corrected the record. And listen, I was wrong. I was totally in the wrong. But as soon as he comes to it, I was like, man, it is interesting. I tag him in just about every thread that I do. Yeah. I've done a couple already this week. And for some reason, he's got no interest in correcting that record. Uh, but one one off tweet that didn't really gain any traction at all. That's the sort of thing that he wants to weigh in mm-hmm. and, and come out of the woodwork on. Right. So I think you're right. I mean, I think I think part of it is is, listen, they know that as long as it's just guys like you and I who are getting upset and frustrated by this sort of stuff, it's not going to resonate with the audiences they care about. Right. So who's the biggest liar right now? Who is it? Wow. Um, it's that's that's tough and stiff competition. But, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about it lately a lot in the context of, of Andrew Cuomo in particular. And I think the worst the worst liar right now has to be Joy Ann Reed. It has to be right, and like there's, I think there's a level of dishonesty that we've. Come Have we to found the real hackers yet? People. Have we yeah, found exactly. the real hackers? No. It's 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 incredible what we cancel people for, yeah. right? Obviously, she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't deserve canceling in the eyes of the people who are doing the canceling. But I think she's got to be the worst, right? I've, every time I pull up something about Cuomo or just the way we talked about the pandemic back in May, if you if you put her side by side, it would truly look like she was violently fighting with herself. You mentioned Cuomo. To me, we are beyond. We're, I, and I don't use this term lightly. We're in sociopathic territory, in my view, Drew. 
I, I, I think we're beyond just your typical politician. Um, this is, this isn't a flip flop. This isn't. Right. I was, I was for the war in Iraq before I was against it. This isn't. Read my lips. No new taxes. Then let me sign the largest tax increase ever into yeah. law. This is a guy who has sociopathically. Is, 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 and I don't know his heart, so I don't know his motivations. I don't know sure. if he just can't come to grips with the, with the terribleness of the decision he's made. And so mm-hmm. he has sociopathically concocted a lie around it in order to assuage his own conscience. Or if his conscience just doesn't care and he's just yeah. gaslighting us to the extreme. But this is, this is dangerous. This is not even something to even laugh at, in my view, yeah. to joke about. This is just just really dangerous stuff. Yeah, Steve, I think you're right. And I think part of it, too, is in a lot of ways, and this is what I think becomes so much more morally troubling, is he pretty much had wide avenue to make mistakes, right? I think that whether or not um, we, like, regardless of your politics, regardless of your feelings about the guy, the fact that his city was the epicenter of this crisis gives him more leeway and more lateral to have to screw up, right? He did the, it's, it's more difficult for him. And I think people recognize that. And the fact that he has refused time and again to even lean into that, right? And to declare this thing consistently a major unqualified success of his administration, mm-hmm. despite all the evidence, and then lie and lie chronically about it and lie to his own party and lie to the DOJ and lie to you know lie to the 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 the, um the senate and the house in new york state it's i think you're right i I can't understand a a way to do it with any sort of fiber of morality at this rate how old are you drew if you don't mind me asking i don't mind at all i'm I'm 28 i keep the beard so i can uh, i I can try and lead people to believe otherwise so you don't remember the the magical mystery tour of of Gary Hart when I was a kid. I don't. And Gary Hart was poised to upset Walter Mondale for the Democrat nomination for president in 1984. He was considered the more moderate Democrat. So moderate Democrats in the 80s are basically what Republicans, most Republicans I was about are to say, yeah. Okay. yeah. So he was the moderate Democrat, I think from Indiana against the, you know, the more liberal, uh, you know, Paul Wellstone, uh, proto yeah. version, Walter Mondale. He was poised to upset him uh, for the Democratic nomination. And there were rumors that he had a mistress um, and and he vehemently right. de- denied them. And to the point that he said, hey, he said to the press, follow me around. If you think I'm lying, right. follow me around right. for your own good. Yep. They did. And they found him on his on a boat, I believe it was, uh, <laughs> with his mistress. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, what does that have to do? I... This just is what the the Lincoln Project to me reminds me very much yeah. of that episode. Okay, um, the the self appointed self righteousness, right. the um, the level of sanctimony inherent with that, mm-hmm. um, the idea that uh, John Weaver was a lone wolf all of these years, uh, and and using his platform as a means of essentially being a you know uh being a predator yeah and and it's now but it's not just even that it's a house of cards the whole thing is collapsing now grifting where'd the money go sexual harassment that this is one of the most predictable stories of all time right i mean this is the end of animal farm and they looked from man to pig and pig to man and back to pig again and they couldn't tell which was which 
Yep. No, I think I think you're spot on. And you, what kills me is how could anyone have expected anything different, right? Like these, the, this is a, a collection of guys who haven't been successful, are under well-known financial pressure, have made mistakes and made dubious calls and decisions and, and who they're willing to support. Right. Don't forget the first scandal about Weber was that he was willing to, to go to bat for the Russians because he didn't have any other clients. He needed to make money somehow. Mm-hmm. And that when you've got all of these guys who are historically bad people, everyone knows they're bad people, whatever else you may have ever thought about the Lincoln Project, the idea that Rick Wilson cares about civility or being kind to your fellow man is preposterous, right? It's ridiculous. And the idea that there, it was ever going to end other than in a completely imploding grift is ridiculous how do we you i mean i have been doing this for going on a year now which i i want to be done with it It, it, my show's audience has doubled in the last year because of the work we have done on covid and it's it's it's, i feel almost cursed that the content that has benefited me the professionally the most, I would like to stop doing. Yes, okay? sure. I mean, it's, it, this isn't like my yeah. stairway to heaven here. This is freaking a funeral <laughs> march. All right, I'd like to stop sure. doing it. But the level of gaslighting, see what you are doing on some of these other issues, I've been doing this on COVID for the last year, right. where suddenly we just, hey, vitamin D is good. Um, suddenly, we, and like, we didn't, like we didn't know certain things. The, right. the many positions of Anthony Fauci. But this is now spilling over into the political realm, yeah. where at this point, Ron DeSantis should just change the name of his state to Sweden. The amount of gaslighting that is going on yeah. about the data of that state, the the attempts to essentially take New York's situation and New York's data and project it upon and transpose it upon Ron DeSantis right. and Florida, the Biden administration saying that they were considering essentially a one state travel ban to Florida. Yeah, this is right. so transparent. This is what I think it is. That they recognize if Trump doesn't run again, this guy's the most likely GOP nominee. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and they're trying to abort him in the crib. They they got to take him out in his reelect in 2022 because it's right. not even that he'd be the most likely nominee. But if you nominate a guy who who's been elected twice in Florida, I know you have a political background in political nuts yeah. and bolts. Yeah. It's the most expensive, pivotal swing state in the union. If right. if the Republican don't have to contest Florida in 2024. You just exactly. you just earmark all those resources to Arizona, Virginia, Colorado, places that used nope. to be friendly territory to you, that you exactly. have all kinds of resources now to invest in because Ron DeSantis took care of Florida for you. I think that's what this is all about. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it opens up the map in a huge way, right? And if you can say, we've got Florida in our back pocket, this guy beat an, a, a rising star in the Democratic Party, right? They were talking about whether or not, um, what was it? I remember when Gillum was considered as a VP potential, right? Like he was someone who was going to get plucked out of being governor of Florida so that he could be Biden's vice president or whoever's vice president was, was leading then. And DeSantis smoked him, right? And, and that was despite fighting him and fighting the media. And so I think they know full well that if they can't get an ascendant Democrat to be able to beat this guy in a state like Florida, then my God, think about the potential this guy has on the national stage, particularly when, you know, you can you can spend a lot of time and invest a lot of energy to try and make it seem like Florida's not having good results. But at the end of the day, eventually, and I think, you know, the, the, the bright minds in the media have to know this, that the results are going to speak for themselves. And that DeSantis isn't just going to run as someone who is popular and is likable, all the reasons that he won Florida 2018 as governor, but he's also going to be able to say, look, 
I've got the numbers. This is this is incontrovertible. You can say whatever you want about whatever happened with Cuomo in New York and in other places. But these are the numbers. Why is my death rate half the death rate in New York, Mm -hmm. New Jersey, Massachusetts? Mm -hmm. Why is that the case? And I have a larger senior population than every single one of those places do. Exactly. Right. Right. And I, I think they're they're terrified because if he can do that, the, and the whole crux, right, for the, the whole position against Trump is, well, the guy's not going to know how to govern. Like, well, you, you trust him with the nuclear codes, you trust him to be able to set an agenda for this country. And I think there's a lot of skepticism all across the country about things like that. But you can take someone like DeSantis, who is not going to play the media's games, who is not going to tolerate in the, the kind of pleasant old guard Republican sort of mentality the way that other candidates would, and you pair that to someone who hasn't just governed, but has governed incredibly well during mm-hmm. the greatest national crisis we've mm-hmm. faced in a years yeah i'd be scared of that guy if i was on the outside too all right i've got less than a minute here but i got to ask you about nikki haley all right absolutely what what game is she playing you tweeted out the other day does nikki haley even believe nikki haley at this point so (laughs) give us your thoughts on that less than a minute yeah, I think that she is someone who is really consistently good at listening to political operatives. And the problem is the political operatives change their mind all the time. And Nikki Haley at no point seems to remember who she was yesterday or maybe the day before yesterday. And it's like she wakes up. It's like Groundhog Day, right? She wakes up every morning as if nothing has ever happened before. She listens to the perspectives of some political consultants based on which way the wind is turning for Trump, against Trump, whatever it is. And that's her that's her policy position. That's her idea. That's her plan. Um yeah, she's she's an empty suit. I mean, she she's the spitting image of an empty suit, and it's stunning to me the amount of time that we spend talking about her. Despite that, all right then, we like bluntness on this show. Drew, good to see you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again sometime, brother. All right, take care. God bless. Pleasure's mine. You as well. Thank you. You bet. Hey, don't make uh, yourself get a crash course in home title theft the hard way here in 2021 because it can ruin you financially. Here's how it happens. Uh, The legal titles to our homes are kept online these days where they can be hacked. Cyber thieves know this. So they go online, forge your signature on what's called a quit claim deed, stating you have sold your home to them. And then they take out loans against your home until all of that equity is gone. And you're not going to know about it until collection calls or maybe worse pours in. Uh, Unfortunately, you're not protected by your homeowner's insurance insurance, not your mortgage lender either, but thankfully you can get protection from home title lock. And in the unlikely event that you still fall prey to home title theft, while a member home title lock will spend up to a quarter of a million dollars in legal fees out of their pocket to restore your home's title rightfully to you. So go online to hometitlelock.com right now, register your address to see if you're already a victim. And then while you're there, use the code radio to get 30 free days of protection for your most important investment in asset, your home. 30 free days of protection with the code radio at hometitlelock.com. Thoughts on that conversation with Drew Holden? I really like expanding our web. Uh, Josh Hammer, uh, Paul Alexander, uh, Drew Holden. uh, These are people uh, from Aaron's generation they're, and I count Aaron in them. These these people are lions, and oftentimes we talk about how concerned we are about Aaron's generation. But if there are a lot of people out there who are calling BS and are just thinking like this, processing like this, we can disagree on a lot of different issues, issues of great substance. But at the end of the day, we'll ha- we will have to engage each other seriously because we demand it of one each other. That's what I like about uh, the, when we continue to engage people like this. And he, side by side, whether it's people on the right, we just talked about Nikki Haley, Joy Reid, Como. Just I, I don't want BS in my life. I will not tolerate it. 
I, I just like the, what the work he's doing. Come back. Hour two coming your way. Fake news or not, as well as Pop Culture Tuesday here next on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Uh, let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can also like us on Facebook, MeWe, Gab, Parlor. Look for Steve Dace there. Follow me on Twitter at Steve. Dace show. And if you're looking for clips of the show to sample and then share with others, hopefully go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Those of you that listen to the podcast, thank you. Please show your gratitude to us. If you haven't done these two things yet, hit that subscribe button. Please keep crushing that for us. Leave us five star reviews, whichever podcast platform you prefer. The more of those we get, the more it helps the podcast to continue to gain notice and grow. And so many of you have done that already and helped us and we thank each and every one of you we are grateful for all of those so please by all means keep those coming coming up at the bottom of the hour pop culture tuesday could we be in the midst and on the brink of seeing perhaps the greatest pop culture mistake of all time of all time it certainly is high on my list all right could we be on the brink of seeing that corrected and fixed? Or am I doing what I do too often? Which is, I get a morsel, a mustard seed of hope, and I just, I blow it out of proportion because I'm just so lacking of hope these days. I hope for your sake you get this one. Now, it's not the greatest of all time. It, it, it will stand behind Star Wars, and it must stand behind Star Wars. I, I know. And you know that. But I want this for you. I do. I appreciate that. I, I'll take that. I do. If that's what I have to settle for, then 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 I'll take that. But before we get to all of that, it's time for fake news or not. Brought to you by Omega XL. You know, whether it's back, knee, or shoulder pain, unless you've got an injury, and if you do, go see a doctor. But unless that's an injury, chances are the underlying cause is likely inflammation. You've got to defeat that inflammation before it can cause permanent damage. Well, how do we do so? Backed by 35 years of clinical research, Omega XL attacks the inflammation that's causing your pain. It's great stuff. It's part of my daily regimen. Why? Because pain relievers, topical rubs, they just mask the problem. They help deal with the symptoms, but they won't actually treat the problem. That's where Omega XL comes in. It neutralizes that inflammation under the surface that's causing those painful stiff joints and muscles. And if you want to give it a shot, See, if you don't see the kind of results that I have using Omega XL, we can get you started with buy one, get one free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Just like it sounds, OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or if you're driving right now or you're just old school, call them up, 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. So over the weekend, after the president's acquittal, one of his lead attorneys gave an interview to CBS News. Now, this interview has gone viral. Uh, it's it's everywhere now. You, you can't miss this interview, okay? It's been posted in a, in a million different places. We're going to watch it. 
and then respond ourselves. Is this fake news or not? Joining me now is former President Trump's attorney, Michael Vanderveen. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Let's get right into those words that we heard from Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. He ended the trial with his passionate speech about President Trump's involvement in the insurrection. During it, he said that the former president is still liable for everything he did during his period in office. Are you expecting to face more charges against Mr. Trump in the near future? And do you anticipate being part of that defense? No, that's just political rhetoric. And I was hopeful that something would come out of this, that the political rhetoric would stop out of Washington, D.C., but I guess apparently it hasn't. Were you, though, surprised to hear those words coming from the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate? I'm not surprised to hear a politician say anything at all. No. Well, throughout, throughout the trial, you denied that Mr. Trump had a role in inciting the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. You argued, first of all, that there was no insurrection. But during your closing arguments, you seemingly admitted that there was, in fact, an insurrection, using that word, saying that that, that was not up for debate. What role no, you, did the you, former you president you play? You didn't, you didn't understand the case. I used the word I'll give you the opportunity to clarify, my, sir. Sure. I uh, used the word insurrection in my closing argument when quoting the charging documents. Um, what happened at the Capitol on January 6th is absolutely horrific. But what happened at the Capitol during this trial was uh, not too far away from that. The prosecutors in this case doctored evidence. They did not investigate this case and when they had to come uh, to the court of the Senate to put their case on, because they hadn't done any investigation, they doctored evidence. It was absolutely shocking, I think, uh, when, uh, when we discovered it and we were able to expose it and put it out. Uh, I think it turned a lot of senators. The American people should not be putting up with this. They need to look at who, uh, who these House managers were uh, and look to see whether these are the folks they want representing them. It was, abs it was shocking to me. Wouldn't have believed it. Um. Let's follow up with uh, with a point that you're making right now about the House managers, as you say, doctoring evidence and uh, and the argument. They didn't, de uh, they didn't to be deny clear for it. Our viewers, they didn't deny it. Uh, I put it in front of them to be three clear times. For our viewers, what you're what you're talking about now is is a check mark uh, that's a verification on Twitter that that did not exist on that particular tweet, uh, a 2020 that should have actually read 2021, um, and the select editing, you say, uh, of the tapes. Is that the doctrine of what you're speaking? Wait, that's not enough for you? That's not enough for you? I'm, I'm, I, I, wait, wait, wait. No, sir, no, no. I'm trying, listen, I, I am not a listen, juror in this trial. What I'm trying to be all, clear for our viewers is what, you, actually, is what you're we, referring we found, to, because no, not no, everybody no, has found, been following. It's not okay no, not everybody, to doctor sir, a little bit of evidence. Respectfully. respectfully. I have not, not said it is. I have not said it is okay. Ma'am, your question is I want to be clear for our 
viewer. Listen, what I has want to, to be happen clear for our is viewers the, about the what exactly you're saying start, when you say doctored evidence. The media has to start telling the right story in this country. The media is trying to divide this country. You are bloodthirsty for ratings. And as such, you're asking questions now that are already uh, set up with a fact pattern. I can't believe you would ask me a question indicating that it's all right just to doctor a little bit of evidence. There's more stuff that we uncovered that they doctored, to be frank with you. And perhaps that will come out one day. But we won this case. And I'm not a sore loser, but what happened, or a sore winner, I should say, but what should happen is somebody should look at the conduct of these house managers. It, it, it's unconscionable. Aside from all of the due process violations that my client had. And the media should be looking that at a square straight way. The straight way. When I watch the news, I watch one station and it's raining. I watch another station at the same time and it's sunny. Your coverage is so slanted, it's got to stop. You guys have to stop and start reporting more like PBS does rather than uh, a, a, a TV news show that doesn't have any journalistic integrity at all. What I'm telling you is that they doctored evidence. And I believe your question says, well, it's only a Twitter check and, a, and changing a year of a date here. They switched the date of a Twitter a year to try to connect it to this case. That's not a small thing, ma'am. The other thing they did is they put Sorry. a check mark on something to, to make it look like it was a validated account when it wasn't. And when they were caught, they didn't say anything about it. They didn't even try to come up with an excuse about it. And that's not the way our prosecutors or our government officials should be conducting themselves. And the media shouldn't be letting them get away with it either. I'm tired of the biased media on both sides, left and right. What this country wants, what this country needs, is this country to come together, to take the left and the right and find a middle ground and start responsibly being our public officials, our elected officials. And the new, and the re, one of the reasons why they do it is because of the media, because the media wants to tell their narrative rather than just telling it like it is. And frankly, I'm tired of it. I'm not a media, I'm not in front of your cameras all the time, uh, but what right. I've been subjected Sir, I, to I, I, this I last week. I understand, yeah. and I've given you the opportunity. You don't want to hear the truth. Yeah. Okay. I've given you the opportunity. I, I will remind you that what I said was that for our viewers who have not been following all of the hours of of this trial, mm -hmm. to be clear about what you what you are speaking about, and I understand I'm speaking that about you seem the house manager's upset. failure to prove their case. That's that, that's what I'm telling and you. They you weren't able to prove their the case. Acquittal. You have won the acquittal of your client. Yes, and if I you'd did. like to continue to talk about this conversation, we can have that discussion. I don't need but, to. Uh, but for me to ask a question. A, a, slant, a, question a slanted question, a slanted question that was set up question. to say it's okay for them to cheat. That was your question. Isn't it okay for that. them to cheat? I didn't it's say just that. a little bit. You, you know, said to be fair, it was only fine. a check on the Twitter. That's what you said. You got to live by your words. I, uh, That's I, the problem. The media has to start living by the truth and not try to right. create a narrative. Michael Vanderveen.
Yeah. Thank you for Citizen. joining us. I, I do appreciate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I see you taking off your microphone now. That was President Trump's defense attorney, Michael Vanderveen. <laughs> Well, I guess I know what you think, Todd, so I'll start with you. <laughs> What'd you think? Fake news or not? Oh, not. If your book, The Ten Commandments of Political Warfare, mm -hmm. if that's like your Jarvis, this is Jarvis becoming vision, <laughs> self-aware. But what, with, an, what an analogy. Oh, but with a Bane twist. He, I love it. I mean, from the beginning. I mean, it's not like he just was like, I'm ready. I'm, I'll, I'll be fair. Uh, let's try this out. See what happens. He just knows at the beginning. You can see it all over his face. He, he's just full. But do you feel in control? Oh, you were you, you were you merely adopted the darkness. I was born in it. I mean, he just has no time as the guy. Guy named Steve Day says he gives zero F's, and I dig that about him. Aaron, what'd you think? Here's the thing about that he was not on the defensive at all. Here's here's what he did, though. He didn't accept any of the premises mm -hmm. of the question. That's mm -hmm. straight out of out of rules for patriots. Mm -hmm. And and let me tell you this as well. Um, you want journalism to get back to journalism? Like actual journalism, if we just had like, uh, I don't know, just a mindset of the right of center punditry or even just just the people in Washington or really anywhere who had that same went into any media interview with that same mindset, it would force them to ask actual questions, real questions, not gotcha questions. Now. You can also say that they'd never have people on again, never had never have uh, guests on again who, mm -hmm. who don't accept the premise. That's that's a fair assessment as well. But if just a few more people actually came to these interviews, not falling for any of the gotcha questions, not falling for any of the slantedness that uh, Mr. Vanderveen pointed out. You would think that producers and hosts at those networks would be just a little bit more on their toes come with a little bit more there there than they actually have because guess what all they actually have most of the time is slanted questions all they have most of the time is slanted facts uh to be fair they only cheated a little bit uh, stuff like that and we let them get away with that all of the time that's how that's how at least in some aspects journalism can change a little bit never accept their premise never ever <laughs> Was it just me? Did you get the sense that there was at least one, if not a couple of moments in that exchange where somebody's in her ear trying to yep. tell her what to say in response oh, to what he's doing? Well, that we were that wasn't Jake Tapper or Anderson Cooper, right. who are just right. totally all in on the which, cult. Which is why I think he probably, again, I don't know. I didn't know this guy's name until I saw this clip. Because like most of America, I, I did not watch a nanosecond mm -hmm. of, of this impeachment. So I didn't even know his name. And what is it? I, I don't know that I even remember. Is it? Vanderveen. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wonder if that's why he agreed to do it. Is this just, you know, looked like the, the, the gal they just uh, called up from uh, uh, Billings. Because no one else wants to work at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, right? And he figured she's not all in on the on the on the the zeitgeist yet, and so I can have a legit conversation with her that I would not have with one of the people that you mentioned. I wonder if that's why he even agreed to do that. 
It might be, but I think it's secondary. I don't. I heard. I heard or read somewhere that this guy he made his bones and like. Did, drunk driving defense and i it would it's something like he's not a pure political tool i i think that's a guy who's just gotten to the place in his life where he's sick of it yeah. all yeah. and here was a, the grander opportunity forget her was that hey man yeah i i want in on this thing uh, however he got there Maybe he was just, uh, maybe it's like the Cleveland Indians. Hey, you want to come and manage the Cleveland Indians? I don't know. I got another guy in the line about a set of white walls. Let me get back to you. But he thought about it and he said, no, that's, I'm sick of this. You can feel it. I don't know what he thinks about anything else in politics, but he's sick of this. Like a lot of people are sick of this and they yeah. just want their damn country back. I, I, I think the one thing he said that made me wince makes your point. When he said, you guys need to be more like, like PBS. PBS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Every time I, because I've watched this like four or five times now. Every time I've heard him say that, I've winced. They are like, folks, they, they are like PBS. That's, that's the problem. They're all alike. I mean, I know what he means right. when he says that. Right. Okay. And I think somebody that was involved in this on a regular basis and attuned to it and plugged in uh to to this to this toxicity would not make a reference like that but i mean i right. know what he means when he says that but that does kind of lend itself to that this guy's really not your, your typical yeah. political i mean that guy looks like guy. he's 10 years our senior steve when mm -hmm. you and i think back of pbs we think we think of Sesame Street, Mister Rogers, and these very dry tomes yes. of people who speak yeah. like this. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's probably what he was doing. Yeah. Do we have? See, I I think. Remember a couple of years ago when when we had this ongoing conversation. Actually, three years ago now, we had, or maybe four. This ongoing conversation about steak or cheeses. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is does our audience want the low lying fruit? Do they just want you know the quick Esau fill me up hook up in in Vendo Land, or do they just consume it because that's all we on the producer side offer them? That if we offered them, dude, a a marbled Parmesan crusted ribeye, all right, perfectly cooked, hot on a plate, sizzling right there in front of their face, would they just Hey, that's great, but where are the Cheez-Its? Or would they be like, hey, I've been waiting for this, right? Along those lines, when he says, I turn on one channel, it's raining. I turn on another channel, it's sunny. I'm just so tired of the bias, mm -hmm. left, right, I don't care. What's the actual news? What's the truth? Is there a market for that? And, and, because I got to tell you... Um, our audience, from what I've seen in my inbox, is very divided about putting Paul Alexander on the roundtable. It's very divided about it. Hmm. It's 50-50. For everyone that loves the idea of putting someone with the different uh, opinions of, of things, but is a critical thinker on, I get his opinions anywhere else. That's disappointing. Okay. We went through this with Shannon Joy for a while. Okay. That she had to go... Uh, she couldn't be on the round table because she was too hard on Trump while members of her audience and her local community were literally um, uh, 
stalking me on Twitter for becoming a sellout, right? Do, is there, if, even, even in our own critical thinking crowds, is there a market for this, let alone in a general population that has, that has been, the, the, the art of critical thinking is a lost art in this day and age. Well, if there, there has to be, there has to be right now. And let me drop a name to show you why, especially to people like this who are sending these emails. Ravi Zacharias. I, that guy w- was appointment listening for me whenever I was in a car and I'm scrolling through the dials and one of them in the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. You, appointment listening. A, a guy who I just was so deeply authentic. The way the depth of his knowledge. This was not just some guy up there winging it. He had studied. Look what we now have found him out to be. You, there's your your substance level approach to things. We're we're talking to guys like Paul Alexander because we want to go deeper. He. We want to hear from somebody on all sides who has pushed the pause button on the insanity of this day and age. And Paul Alexander has. He doesn't have to agree with us about everything. But right now we've got this gigantic problem that the the lawyer diagnosed. There's no meeting on any level of reality whatsoever. Mm -hmm. When you find the people that are choosing reality over that, it's worth breaking bread with them a little bit. We have no choice. If we want to say that the truth, I promise you this from your Christian lens, if you, if you pick up your Bible and you read it cover to cover and you don't understand this, you need to read it cover to cover again. The truth will bring you to some strange bedfellows, brother and sister. I don't know how you don't understand that yet. And we watch his show. I'm Catholic. He's not. He's not. Yet we do this in brotherhood. You got to think a little deeper on that one. Yeah. If, if in this culture, I, I would love to have the luxury of um, having uh, just complete and total echo chambers. <laughs> you know, there's a, a few people who weren't familiar with with Josh Hammer's work and his kind of career, who uh, who have asked me, why did you have that? Why, why are you having that guy from Newsweek on? Mm-hmm. It's like what, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of part and parcel here. If if and now that's a different situation. This is we're talking about people from from different um, maybe worldviews or how they approach issues. Uh, as Todd said, strange bedfellows. We don't have the luxury of echo chambers. If you find somebody who's not actively working to end your way of life, um, speak friend to them. <laughs> that's basically that's basically we where we're at right now. If you find somebody or some buddies who are not actively working against you to destroy your way of life, to literally enslave you in some cases or figuratively and uh, in some cases enslave you then you have to you have to be willing to work with them now does that mean that we have to agree with them on everything no but the things that we do have in common so long as the first thing first is um, i don't hate you i'm not working against you is actually there then i think we can work work with it and here's the the irony of what aaron and i are talking about and the letters you're getting you know what the maximum epitome of that is 
their willingness to vote for a guy like Donald Trump. My goodness. That guy, that guy is not the embodiment of what we thought this thing called Christian conservatism was building for. It was more like Ted Cruz. And there we are. And over the last four years, the three of us in different ways making our peace with the guy. I, this isn't complicated. I, we need to do way better on accepting the truth in whatever form it comes and not relying on the wrapping paper so much. And that attorney right there, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what else he does for a living, what he thinks for a living, but Mm -hmm. he said, the wrapping paper sucks. I want the truth. I do wonder how many Americans really want the truth. Um, I believe it's WGN is getting ready or is about to or just has launched yeah. a news channel. Yeah. So that's the old WGN from when we were kids, right? Listen right. to Harry Car- watch Harry Carey do the White Sox and the Cubs games, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, there were two cable channels everybody in America had when we were growing up. The Superstation, WTBS, and WGN, yeah. right? In Chicago. So they're going to they're gonna tra- change that now to an all-news channel. And they're claiming... That it's just going to be down the line, down the middle, the news. You believe that? What would that I even look like? Isn't it going on? I mean, I think... It, it, has it already launched? I'll look it up. I think so. I'll look it up. But what, what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. Yeah, I'm... The channel's called the it, News Nation channel. Yeah, I think that's gone yeah. on right now. I would like to know how they determine the, the facts. Because that's hard enough on our job on this show mm-hmm. because of where they come from. Here's what I think. I don't think you can go back, at least initially, and just reset like Papa Conkite and just start doing that mm-hmm. because of the world we live in and that we've made. I think you actually, maybe you can get back to that, but I actually think you have to kind of go with the Drew Holden approach. I, I think in how you tell the news, you have to show how everything else out there by comparing the way he does. I think that's how you tell the news by shattering the narratives that this guy is talking about. I, I don't I don't think you can pretend those don't exist because they're dominating on both sides. You've got to slay them in real time. Both of them, all of them. Because... One of the things that Christian education went through a metamorphosis, uh, and that includes the Christian school my son goes to now, uh, under its previous superintendent, he noticed that they were guilty of the same thing. Where we were in, in Christian education, they were importing Christian teachers, but they were all taught how to be teachers with the pagan status methodology. And so they were bringing it with them into the Christian schools, but just taking out the Darwin references in exchange for Bible verses. But the problem is, since that methodology is designed to discourage critical thinking, right? And contrarian thinking so that you can become a nice, pliable little um, product ward of the state. When our kids took worldview tests, they were failing miserably. Okay, they knew they knew more Bible verses than the pagans. 
So you had a nice Catholic school problem, did you? But they were failing miserably when it came to applying those to logic, reason, policy, morality, etc. All right. And so there was a big evolution within Christian education to get back to what we we now call a classical education that encourages things like critical thinking, analysis, things of that nature. I wonder, and I was just looking at their website of what their headlines and stuff are as you guys were talking. I wonder if what they're calling unbiased is really just we just bring the Associated Press to that's, to, to television. That's far so, more so, likely. So we don't like openly say we hate you and you're all bigots, but like um, it's not gay marriage, but same sex marriage. Um, we're not talking about you're not pro life. You're anti abortion groups, and so it's right. It's all the framing that you already get. Uh, of the argument from AP, which then infests the rest of the media body politic. If you just get that, but this is just like they've just ripped and read off a wire service and, you know, a really handsome guy and a really pretty woman just reads this to you for, you know, uh, for your consumption. Yeah. And that's what we're calling unbiased these days. That's almost certainly the case. And it's it has no chance of changing anything. It's something I'd like to get back to in some way, shape, or form, but you just can't reset that simple. There's no Thanos snap to that. Do you view? Would you view that as a step in the right direction? N- no. No. You, so you would not view it as an incremental step? In, of, of, no. Incrementally it's a positive. potential destination, but it's not a step to getting there. I mean, I mean what I said. It has to involve Drew Holden just taking scalps. Essentially, it would just be if Amy Klobuchar had a television show instead of Rachel Maddow. Yeah, you're t- you're t- you're turn- turning turning. That's, you're that's just, my impression of what it will likely be. You're just turning down the volume a little bit. Yeah, that, that we've, it's it's less toxic. It's less personal. It's less in your face, but the exact same it's still agenda. Poison. Just presented in a in a more austere, uh, neutrally less malignant setting. Yes. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. Are we about to correct what I believe is the greatest pop culture sin of all time? We will get into that in a moment. Stay tuned. So are you prepared if there is a sudden food shortage, a major crisis, a natural disaster? So many of our coworkers and friends right now in Texas and what do y'all are going through uh, with the winter, the unprecedented winter storm there, the rolling blackouts, things of that nature. Uh, These sorts of situations can lead to panic buying. We saw it last year with toilet paper, for example. That's why you want to be prepared. Uh, Go to our friends at My Patriot Supply. Uh, They've got a four-week food kit can be delivered discreetly to your door in as little as two days with food for the full 2,000 calories a day you need that stays fresh for up to 25 years. So if you're thinking, ah, it's a once in a century winter storm, I won't ever, I won't live through the next one and you're living through it right now. I mean, uh, our old friend Dana Lash, I saw tweeting out about an hour ago, I can't do my show today because we're on generators again and I have to salvage the power to heat the home just to get it into the 60s. I mean, this is like, you know, why don't we tie hamsters together on a string and just chuck the can as far as it can go and see if we can convey messages to each other. This is what happens when nature steps in. You never know. 
So be prepared with My Patriot Supply. Your four-week kit right now. Get 20% off when you visit preparewithdace.com. Again, preparewithdace.com, D-E-A-C-E, 20% off with preparewithdace.com. I want to say one more quick postscript on the Paul Alexander front before we go over to fake news or not. I'm sorry, before we depart fake news or not. See, I, you know why I like having him on? I don't believe, for those of you that, that think, hey, I can find out what he thinks everywhere, I don't believe you can. Who is the critical thinker approaching things from the other side of the street in the media right now? Who is it? Go. I'll show myself out. I, I don't believe that person exists. A few years ago, I think a lot of people would have said it was Jake Tapper, maybe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know you were calling BS on that all along. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you were. But a few years ago, I think a lot of smart people in our industry, maybe even me, might have said, maybe it's Tapper. It's not. No one is. In fact, you are more likely to get booked on these shows and on these news outlets with our viewpoint than Paul's. Provided you're willing to tie it into slavish, inexcusable devotion of Trump or slavish, inexcusable rejection of Trump. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If if you're willing to conform it into whichever narrative that they want to play the role they want you to play, you're more likely to get booked with the viewpoints we have about the world than Paul's. Remember Glenn Greenwald? He's, I mean, dude, he's, he's been memory hold from an industry that he was a paragon of just a couple of years ago. So I don't think you can find people coming from the other side of the aisle that are willing to critically think things from their perspective and say, yeah, that's total BS. I don't care if that's my side's narrative. It's just a lie. I'm not buying it. I don't think that's why I like having them on, because I do think it's a perspective we're not getting in a lot of places. We are we are being fed the notion, frankly, that people like Paul Alexander do not exist. That's why I call them pro-Civil War media. See, if we're going to keep this thing together, folks, we need to find two things. An election system we all trust so that at the end, when we get the fight like hell until the votes are cast. But then when they're counted, we one group's disappointed and the other group's excited, but we move on. That's number one. We don't have that, man. Just might as well. We're going to start shooting here any day now, and I'm worried about that. Here's the second thing, though. You need to find out if, if Paul Alexander is a unicorn or if everybody that if the allegedly 80 some odd million people that voted for Joe Biden are all down with uh, Saul Alinsky. Because that's what we're sold, right? Our, our media, everybody on there, everybody on the media either would jump off a building because Donald Trump told them to, and then in their will, and last will and testament, have their remains dug up and then flung off the building again just to demonstrate their fealty. Or they're communists. Isn't that essentially the character of all the people that are pretty much right. on media? Right. There's, a, there's a couple of exceptions, but pretty much that's everybody. We're talking about the left media. We've got all kinds of critical thinkers that will call BS on on our own team's narrative. Like, that's one of the reasons Tucker Carlson's got the number one show on the right doing that. But on their side, who does that? So, you know, before we dissolve into a civil war, I, I would at least like to know if it's necessary. 
Because I've long suspected there's more people like Paul Alexander than we think. Now, does that mean there's enough of them? I'm not up. No, I'm not as optimistic about that. Sure. I think there's a lot more of them than we're being led on to believe. Whether there's enough of them to keep this e pluribus unum thing together, that I'm not so sure about. But I'm pretty confident, bellying up to the table and putting a bet that there's a lot more people, not more Paul Alexanders over there than Joy Reeds. Whether there's a, whether there's enough of them though, I, that I don't know. Because what we're being sold from the left media is a narrative that inevitably leads to some form of a civil war. You are not to be tolerated. You are to be lied to. You are to be lied about. You are to be deceived. You are to be blamed. You are to be narrative casted. And when we're called on it, as like Drew Holden does from our first hour, it's like you don't exist. Your memory hold. You're beneath contempt. We don't have to address your concerns. Do that to somebody sooner or later, especially especially the people who own all the guns. And sooner or later, they're going to say, I guess this is my only way, means of having my voice heard then, I guess, right? See, it'll be guys like Paul Alexander. If this thing, if we don't ruin this thing, which we just seem hell bent on trying to, but if we don't ruin this thing called America, where we are blessed to have a system where we can gouge each other's eyes out ideologically. And then if we have the same favorite college football team on a Saturday, sit in the stadium and cheer them on like we're long lost blood brothers. It'll be people like Paul Alexander, frankly, that hold this thing together far more so than people like us. Because we can't hold this thing together on our own. We got to find out. Are there people like Paul Alexander that are between the spirit of the age and us? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. As some of you know, I am where Todd is with The Last Jedi. I have been because of what happened with the Justice League movie. Now, five-year-old little Stevie, man, I used to get up in my super friend's underoos, watch Channel 5 here in Des Moines, 7 o'clock, bright and early on Saturday morning, challenge of the super friends. Never missed an episode. When they put out the box set on DVD like 15 years ago, I bought it the first day. Because it was the first time all the classic super villains, arch villains, went head-to-head with all the classic heroes. It was like the first time you were like, man, if I, did a, if I did a Super Friends cartoon, this is what I would do. And they did it. And all my life, all my life, I, I, I loved these heroes. Superman was my masculine idol growing up. I, I learned how to read via DC Comics and watching Spider-Man on the Electric Company when I was three, four years old. All my life, all I wanted was to see these characters given the treatment they deserved. Instead, they were given whatever that radioactive shock treatment is, lobotomy treatment, that was the Justice League movie. And you remember how angry I was coming I out of that movie. I was surprised. I was, I was in red rum. I, was, I, I got in my car. Fired up some iced tea. Mama got to die tonight. Listen to that on the way home. That's how mad I was. 40 years of waiting almost for that trash. For that trash. And what happened, of course, the director, Zack Snyder, the studio didn't like the fact he was actually making adult subject matter. 
like big stories about big themes, theology, we would break them down, right? They didn't like that. They, they wanted McMovies. So when his daughter tragically committed suicide and he had to step away, they used that to kick him to the curb and bring Joss Whedon in to make this more of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets uh, meets the Justice League. Which is amazing because Josh Whedon made Avengers. Yes. Which is, and-, and by the way, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a great television show, but it's just his vision could not be any different. So trying to mold these two things, if, if maybe it had been given to Whedon from the beginning, it might have turned out great, given his track record. Who sure. knows? All right. But the fact that they tried to morph this into some kind of Frankenstein, it just could not work. Well, because you, me, the fans, for years demanded that they correct this error. This is the first time the what the media likes to call the toxic fans. You know, those of us that just want good movies and not to be preached the spirit of the age woke uh, religion to. All right. We actually got our way with something. And they gave him a substantial budget to come back because it also would help promote HBO Max to come back and finish his vision as he intended. Now, this comes out on March 18th. Here's the trailer. this is going to be good okay but in terms of the quality and craftsmanship of the filmmaking the scale the score that makes the justice league movie look like the jv league so the question on the table for you gentlemen here in about a minute do you think it's possible arguably the greatest pop culture mistake of all time is about to be fixed 
you think about that while I tell the audience about realestateagentsitrust.com. Do not go into an uncertain real estate market without an agent that you can trust, especially in these unprecedented times. Bing. Thanks, we got it in. Because, hey, it's not like when you go to your local realtor, for us here in Iowa, it's Iowa Realty. Maybe it's um, you know Berkshire Hathaway where you live or um, Century 21 or one of those other big national companies. They don't just like tell you who their wretched agents are. They don't just tell you that information up front. And you'll find out often the hard way. That's happened to Glenn Beck and his friends. That's why they started this company called realestateagentsitrust.com. So the same fate would not happen to you. And these are agents whose track record of success has been vetted and proven all over the country. Otherwise, they would not get listed for you. So before you go in, where do you go? Well, the name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's where you need to go to find the agent that knows they work for you at realestateagentsitrust.com. Aaron, what do you think? It is possible. Now, I never... I never saw the original Justice League. You're a better I, man for it. I, and I think I, I was going to, but uh, hearing how badly disappointed you were by it, I just figured probably not a good good use of my time. Now, if it's going to be, what, the three, four hours, whatever it is, I, I certainly hope <laughs> that it's up to snuff because I'm not going to invest that much time and then, and then come away disappointed. Or at least I'll say that I won't and, and then come come away disappointed. I, I don't really have much of a frame for reference. I kind of I, I kind of enjoyed Batman versus Superman, but I really believe that was the final that was really the final DC movie that they made that I've actually watched. Um so I, I hope it's good. DC deserves at least those those characters deserve to have some uh, justice done to them. And uh, I hope this is this is indicative of that. Batman versus Superman, the extended cut where Snyder put all the stuff back in, Warner made him take out so that the movie wouldn't be too long for theaters. That is that is a not a good movie. That is a great movie. A great movie. Todd. Listen, I, I think it's it can be good enough to provide you some measure of peace, I, but no. I like the way you just said that. I, I like I can now die. Yes, some contentment, and yes. I, and I think they know that. Listen, I, would this be happening if it wasn't for COVID and the lockdowns? I mean, the, the movie theaters and what they trying to piece back together. I'm not sure this would even be happening. If I could be wrong. You, you might, might know be particulars. Right. And, and I well, get why they'd be well, doing it. it, it the, the fan reaction is why it's happening is the read because if that market wasn't pre-existent they wouldn't be doing this no matter what was going on but could the factors that you alluded to yeah. be what caused them to say okay this one time yeah. we'll listen to the fans when we exactly. take pride in not doing so exactly sure i agree with that so can it and should it be better yes but I'll, again the the avengers are the standard uh, now they're always chasing that ghost. I don't know. This this is going to be a miracle of filmmaking if they manage to somehow make you forget what they screwed up the first time. And again, I didn't have. I didn't think it was a great movie, but I I couldn't see all the problems, and I don't have the connection to it that you did. I just hope they do enough to make people, the majority of people like you, say, okay, thanks. At least you tried this time, or something like that. Um, guys, I'm telling you, 2021 is off to a good start. Uh, we're watching a, we're watching, we're watching so many frauds. 
and liars just implode right in our midst in real time. Okay, 2021, it's already better than 2020. I am, I'm very optimistic. I'm very, I cannot freaking wait. College football this weekend, Steve, for real. That too, I know. March 18th, by the way, when that comes out, Justice League, opening day of the NCAA tournament as well. That'll do it for today's show, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.